I hope you had a wonderful lunch. We want to thank Great Plate Catering for the hamburgers and their homemade French fries, absolutely gorgeous, and their great flexibility. Today we have a large crowd, thanks to Great Plate. Thanks to Shaw Spotlight for recording our Sakpa sessions and talks. They will be broadcast at 6 and 11 a.m. and 4 and 9.30 p.m. daily, while also making them available on YouTube later. Thanks to Dave Maybell from the Lethbridge Herald for his constancy in, in reporting on our Sakpa presentations. We thank, thank the other media who have been covering the SACPA events. We had three TVs here today. Thank you to our table servers, including the SACPA volunteers. And to assist them, we ask you to stack your used plates at each table. When dessert is served, please indicate if you're only having coffee. Now today, we have some dignitaries amongst us. And I see Jeffrey Kaufman has just eaten a bite. I'll let him chew it down a bit. So, Councillor from City Council, Jeffrey Kaufman. We have two of our federal candidates here Shandy Blaken from the NDP in the back. And up at the front, we have Stephanie Watson with the Greens. And now, and I'll mention to you who we have, what we have going on next week. Next week's session will be, if we follow the new Canada Food Guide, are we likely to lead healthier lives? The speaker will be Heather Mathieu. All right, you know the drill. The next half hour is questions and answers. I'm your moderator. Let's recall Mayor Chris Spearman, who says when you speak to him, just call him Chris. Welcome, Chris. Dave Major, uh, thanks for your talk. Um, can I ask a real quick question and then another, well, with all these new buildings, uh, has the city considered putting solar panels up uh, like Raymond did? Uh, the, buy, the payback is about seven or eight years. Might be right after green organics recycling, but... Uh, <laughs> And the other question I had is, is the Performing Arts Center dead? Is the Performing Arts Center dead? Is it dead? No, I don't think it's dead. We still have a Performing Arts Center planning committee. And uh, I think what they're doing is uh, uh, they're, they're 
finalizing the details. So the Performing Arts Centre is, is not as far along as the, uh, uh, the Convention Centre at the exhibition. So they still have to do more detailed architectural plans and they have to develop a business plan as to how uh, we need to understand what it's going to look like when it's up and running and what, if any, will be the burden to taxpayers. Chris, I just, I came in 1964 to Les and I started playing soccer with a German team and we played at the Civic Center. The best soccer field probably in the world, I played all over the world, and I go by there three or four times a week. I see this field, it's a beautiful field, nothing happening. I see once in a while some kids running around the track. What is going to happen in that place? You could have put the I think the bus depot or something in there is a mm. beautiful location, uh, easy well, to get out, in and out from, but nothing happening. And it's sitting there, MTV building soccer fields on the north side, building soccer fields at a college, university. That's the best soccer field in the world. And I just don't, what's, what's going to happen there? We don't never hear nothing. It's just, you look after it, beautiful, clean, it's some, what is your plan? There, there is a master plan being developed for that. There was consultation that happened last summer in 2018 uh, where we, we asked for input from residents about what should happen in that area. And we do recognize that it's probably the last very special place in the city. Uh, some other questions are what will we do with the old curling rink and uh, the ice rink that's there. Uh, mm -hmm. So. Uh, the old curling rink right now has just been using, just being used for storage. We also have uh, plans to acquire the RCMP building, so that could be a very nice uh, space, and it could be a community center. So uh, there, there is a plan uh, that is being developed for that space, but I don't think we'll be putting a parking lot there. Okay. Or anything made of concrete. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, I just, I'm just wondering because it's yeah. beautiful location in the city and you keep it clean, everything looks good. So yeah. I just wonder what you, because I got a couple of extra cows I could put in there, some goats to yeah. keep it clean. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it could be a place where we, we bring uh, people together, um, maybe more actively than we do at Galt Gardens. Galt Gardens has its, its place, but uh, I don't want to... Uh, define what the possibilities are, but there could be outdoor farmers markets in the summertime. Um, uh, uh, it could be, a, or a different type of market that brings people downtown all the time. Uh, so I, I think we want it to be some form of an activity center supported by other key architectural developments in the city around the okay. peripheral. Thanks, Chris. Thank you. Hi, Ken. Hi, Chris. Uh, this is going to be a part, sound like a partisan question, and I apologize for that, but the cameras have gone, so. Um, you, three times during your, your talk, you, you referenced the provincial government. And two of those times, it was also, there was a one time of an overt, one time sort of a glancing reference to whether or not the provincial government was going to be coming through for funding for various projects. Um, I know that I'm talking to a lot of people that Cavendish Farms came into Lethbridge in large part because of really strong support from the provincial government at that time. 
So I guess the question I had, and I'm also uh, fully aware that when the premier, the new premier came down to open the uh, science center at the university, and I'll paraphrase this, he basically says a very nice building, don't expect to get anything more like this in the immediate future. Um, so the question I have is given the possibility that funding from the provincial side is going to be much harder to come by in the next couple of years, does the city have a fallback plan? Um, well, the fallback plan is to get people mad as hell if they don't deliver on some of the things they promised us. Uh, they have um, the 11.2 million for supportive housing uh, was announced last year on December the 7th. Uh, the go this government has said it's under review. They have said that the next budget will be one of restraint, but that, that money was announced. Uh, so we're hopeful that, uh, that that money will be uh, forthcoming in the upcoming budget, uh, that the review period will be over and we will get the money that we were promised a year ago. We're hopeful. Uh, we've had uh, some interesting conversations with the ministers, uh, the Minister of Housing, uh, Seniors in Housing, and the Minister of Health, and the Minister of Mental Health and Addiction about what our needs are. So the people who actually require supported housing at, to that extent are about five times what we thought they were. We had a report uh, about six weeks ago come to council where uh, uh, there's a member of the Lethbridge Police Services works with someone from Alberta Health and uh, they've said that their current, their current caseload is 146. The facility we applied for would accommodate about 36 people. So uh, there are about 146 people who will always be severely addicted and probably will require lifelong support or they'll always create problems in the city. When it comes to things like supporting investment and jobs, this government is very much in favor of that. When I met with Minister Kenny, the Minister of Economic Development, Tanya Fair, and the Minister of Agriculture, uh, I think it was an eye-opener for them to see what was happening in the city and for us to tell them all the private investment that was happening in our industrial park. Furthermore, we, Cavendish didn't receive direct provincial uh, funding. The city of Lethbridge asked for funding for our industrial park. We got uh, $11.2 million federal funding and we received uh, a little over $9 million to move an irrigation canal uh, to make sure that our industrial park could accommodate not only Cavendish, but everybody who had buildings between uh, the existing area of the industrial park and where Cavendish has developed. So that whole area now is serviced and we, it is, would be available to new investors. I don't know if that answered the question. We'll continue to work with the provincial government and I think the city of Lethbridge offers better opportunities than most other cities for supporting the provincial government's goal of attracting private investment and job creation. Uh, Art Sanford, uh, I'm going to make just a comment first, it's not a question, but in my time sitting on city council nine years, I can remember the comment the mayor at the time, David Carpenter, said, and the, question, the comment was, taxes are sacrosanct, you never give them away. That's just something to think about. But I do have a question and I want a, a statement. I live in the downtown, I've lived there for 24 years next to the police station. Now you would think living next to the police station, that would be quite safe. Well, it's safe. We've only got broken into twice in the last year. 
first time they stole a car, the second time they stole my $2,000 bicycle. The downtown, my wife and I have walked downtown, we try to keep active. It's no longer safe to do that. We do not walk down in the evening. We won't walk down after dark. My wife question. will not walk down in daylight. That is what what's is happened question, to this downtown please? with Art? the drug situation is getting very serious. What's your question, please? I've got, I'll lead up to the question. And the comment I want to make is that Drug House has done more damage to your downtown and the BRZ. We have businesses who lock their doors all day now and you have to bring a buzzer to win there. Okay, your question? The question is, what are you going to do about this mess? It's just no longer safe to be in the downtown. Well, we're... <clears throat> the, the funding that we have provided is to support uh, safety in the downtown. Uh, more, uh, basically providing uh, CPOs basically allows more officers to be out on the street. Uh, we are, the watch provides more eyes and ears uh, around on the street and of course there's others like the Sage Clan as well. We'll continue to review the situation and uh, monitor the crime. Uh, we are continuing to try to do what we can do. Every, every, every community is dealing with the same issues. Thank you very much uh, for your presentation, uh, Chris. My name is Laurie Schultz. I just wanted to give kudos to the city for the 311 service, excellent. Um, so my question kind of follows up on Art's question somewhat um, in that uh, I'm very concerned that the four pillars um, to deal with the opioid or the drug crisis is critical and I realize um, my concern is really around the treatment, the treatment um, pillar. And thank you for clarifying today and at other times that the jurisdiction for funding those other pillars are beyond your jurisdiction, beyond the cities. It's the provincial government who has to fund the treatment and the intox and uh, the other pillars of prevention and post-service and, and such. But this is my question. So could you just give a, a, a status update on where things are at with your communication with the province to fund the treatment, um, the, the treatment and the intox? And related to that, um, is there any funding for debriefing of first responders, as was noted in the newspaper? earlier this week because until we get those other pillars that the province and uh, others have to fund, uh, the first responders' well-being is at stake. So what is the status of provincial funding for treatment and uh, in the interim, what support can our first responders um, receive and where would that funding come from? That, those, those, are, those are difficult uh, issues and uh, we didn't Two weeks ago, we met with, um, with the cabinet ministers in Edmonton. Uh, we've been having ongoing dialogues uh, about how Lethbridge can receive the services they need. Uh, so uh, with health, uh, certainly health budget, we'll see what comes out next week, if there'll be any additional supports in this budget or in the budget that we expect in February as well. Uh, we certainly will keep the pressure on that we need those kind of supports. and. Uh, uh, we want to understand what the 4,000 spaces look like that was announced by the Ministry of uh, Mental Health and Addition. Addiction. We understand it's not 4,000 beds. 
Uh, it's it's a continuum of 4,000 spaces over a period of time. So uh, we hope that we get the supports that we need. What, what, one of the challenges is there are restrictions in terms of access to treatment. So uh, sometimes people have to be clean uh, at least five days or as long as three weeks before they can access treatment and that's a barrier to getting people into treatment and getting them supported. So we, we have to look at treatment differently and make sure that our models are keeping up with the type of drugs that are available today to get people off the street and into recovery programs. Next. Yeah. Go ahead. Yes. Mayor Spearman, just to let you know, my wife and I are quite devastated. From a decision you, I am Dennis Moreski. From a decision you and counselors, certain counselors made on September 16th, of this year at a public hearing. Firstly, on April 9th of this year, I and a colleague neighbor met with you and Councillor Ryan Parker. It was an informational meeting and only, only, and I stated it to be as such. In the discussions of Streets Alive wanting to rezone property in the Scenic Heights area, the outcome of the meeting was that you and council would feel that a highly supported petition and letters would be sufficient to address the outcome. Do you have a question? Well, Mayor Spearman, we had a highly supported petition. We wrote numerous letters, one being 13 pages long. We verbally disagreed with the proposed bylaw 6186. We had support from other neighbors of not implementing bylaw 6186. And what is the question, please? It's I think, coming. I think Mr. Spearman is clued into we had your story. City Heights neighborhood dotted all our I's and crossed our T's. Regarding the Scenic Heights bylaw change. No, I have to ask question. you, sir, please. Okay, thank you. Was the outcome of that public hearing on September 16th of this year a pre-arranged bullish tactic that was orchestrated by you and certain councillors? The answer to that is no. We listened to the information and we made a, made a decision based on the information that was presented. And for everybody's information here, if we ever want to have the treatment and recovery facilities that this city needs, we have to be open to uh, a fairly broad interpretation as to where they can go. When we met with the Ministry of uh, Mental Health and Addictions, they said the best thing we could do to, uh, uh, is to have a bylaw in the city that pretty much allows them to be anywhere. The last thing they want is delays and, uh, and, and factionalism within communities. They want to see, when these facilities are approved, they want to see them go ahead. So if, uh, if we get funding and we pick a site and there's a huge uproar about that site, we probably won't get any more funding and we might get the funding cancelled. I will just ask the questioners to keep the questions brief and to the point. And Chris, if you can do the same with answers. Okay. Thank yeah. you. My name is Lane Whipple. I've got a question for you, Mr. Spearman. As a resident of the city for the past 55 years, I always thought that our city was ran democratically, where the statement majority rule was a mainstay. During the city council meeting, 
or public hearing that Dennis just spoke about. September 16, 2019, there were presentations made by a number of residents of Scenic Heights as well as numerous written documents in opposition to the rezoning of that property. There's also a petition signed by every resident property owner in that area. Not some of them, every one of them. On behalf of all the residential property owners of Scenic Heights, I have a question for you. If every one of those residents signed in opposition to the zoning, to the rezoning, 100% of them, how could you vote against the taxpayers of the city when there was unanimous opposition to this transition home being forced upon us? Do our collective voices mean nothing to you and council? If you lose the election in 2021, are you just going to ignore the majority of the voters okay. that voted you out and show up as mayor? You've asked three questions. Thank, thank you. Thank you very much. Okay, we've got three questions. No, we have to look. Oh, okay, okay. That's fine, Lane. That's fine. Let him answer, please. You know, we, we have to look at the best interests of the whole city, and we have to locate uh, treatment and recovery facilities uh, where uh, where they can go. And unless unless there's a significant reason why they can't go there, they will be basically any area in the city is open for accommodating a facility like the one that's been uh, placed there. So. Uh, the approval of city council, I, I support the decision. I think the, the, vote, the vote was five to two, you know? And hopefully the two, hopefully the two that uh, were opposed it also now support that because that's what the provincial government expects. Okay, we'll, all right, we'll continue on to the next question, please. Thank you, and keep it brief, please, and to the point, no more speeches, please. You are a mayor, we elected you, so you deserve to be called Mr. Mayor, so I'm not gonna call you Chris. Okay. First, I will try to appease Bev so she gets off my back with the question, so I put the question, and then I'll justify the context in which I give you the question. My question is, when you're going to stop treating symptoms and start treating, addressing the causes of the problems? Mm -hmm. I'm basing that because the new investment downtown is a step in the right direction. But a few years ago, we didn't have to pay $700,000 to entice businessmen to, base, to invest here. They were coming on their own because we had a clean, growing, okay. nice city. I'll have city. to ask you again, please. What is I have done my question, Bev. I've eased you. Okay, thank okay. you. So, under your administration, as it become obvious from last, Tuesday's Herald, Lethbridge has become the capital of drugs in Alberta. Because no, it is based on the busiest supervised um, the question consumption site. It has been the most emergency department. I'd like to have a You've given a lot of background. Okay. Okay. Now we'd like the question, please. Not everybody knows the background. Okay. So that includes Edmonton and Calgary, which is 10 times the population. Then, additionally, we find that a large number of opioid victims are coming from Saskatchewan, oh, Al We have a uh, number Alberta. of people who'd like to ask questions, too. So let's let the, so the mayor answer the question, please. Let's get the 
It's a complex problem. We know that. Gives the incentive to uh, abuse to traffickers to come here and to people on drugs to stay here. The incentive to okay, come to traffickers. Thank you very much. Thank you. I believe the mayor understands your question. Thank you. We are trying to address okay. the cause. Okay. okay. And anybody who tells you that most of the people who are using the supervised consumption site are out of province, they are incorrect. Most of the people using the supervised consumption site have 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 addresses in Lethbridge and near at, near Lethbridge. So that's that's completely false. So so, would, okay. I'm trying to answer your question Let him answer the as quickly as I can. So the. Uh, the, what, what we do try to look at the root causes, and often they are homelessness, unemployment, and racism. But we're going to do a more detailed assessment of what that is, and we're actively working on all of those projects. Actively. We're, we have a homeless strategy. We are working on, a, we are working on uh, uh, the racism issue through our response to the Truth and Reconciliation Commission. And we actually are doing better than any other city of our size in Western Canada when it comes to job creation and attracting investment. What's your answer to that? No, that's, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, we've got five minutes left, and we have four questionnaires. Okay. Three, three questionnaires. Okay, um, to the point and brief, please. Colleen Quintel. Um, just to let you know, last week at SACPA, we had um, Shauna Panay here from the Genesis program at Streets Alive, yep. who talked on how successful um, that their women's shelters, their women's homes have been. You can put one in my backyard anytime you want to. Okay, thank you. Your question? I do have another question, though, besides the drug and, and shelter problem. I heard you talk about the exhibition ground, and I'm going to switch... Yep. Topics. Can you expound on what our future convention center could like in Lethbridge? Well, the exhibition has a plan, and of course that, that plan would create economic development in the city, and it would attract people to the city for tourism reasons and convention reasons. There's also uh, some additional benefits that could result from that project. Uh, they have applied to the provincial government for support, and uh, we'll wait to see when that might be forthcoming. Probably not next week, but maybe in the spring. Thank next you. question. Uh, Maria Fitzpatrick. And I don't have a question, but I am going to give the mayor uh, kudos for everything that I have seen happen uh, since you were first elected. And I want to say that from the perspective of a former uh, government official and um, how much consultation occurred with the provincial government in terms of moving things forward, everything, social issues and economic issues. And I have lived across Canada, I lived in the US, and I have seen mayors in every one of those cities, and I'm telling you I have never seen a mayor who works so hard to make things happen and to make things better in our city. I have said that I love Lethbridge so many times it's not even funny, and I love Lethbridge because it is a community. What? 
What and is your I question? am seeing that community change now, but thank you, Mayor, for everything you've done. Thank you. Hi, Chris. It's Les Elford. Um, I, too, am a long-term citizen of Lethbridge, and I wanted to just remind people of the hard work that you put in in terms of the anti-drilling uh, campaign in Lethbridge and the, um, the call center that you uh, advocated for in Lethbridge. Both were a lot of work and, and jobs well done. I commend you for that. Do you have a I, question? Um, I'm, I'm hoping I have um, a special place in my heart for the Civic Center area that was brought up initially, and I'm hoping that that is a well thought out um, uh, campaign and, 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 and project. Do you have a question, um, sir? The, the question I have is in terms of reconciliation, is I'm just curious over about how many Aboriginals are hired and work for the city. Mm, yeah, okay, fair question. Yeah, that's, uh, I think the answer was four out of more than 1,200 full-time employees, and of course that's something that we need to remedy. And uh, so uh, it's a challenge. We need to make sure that we're leaders in the city. And uh, our city manager said that he's going to uh, be putting policies in place that uh, provide greater access for Indigenous people at the City of Lethbridge. Thank you. Next. Douglas Mitchell. I just would like to bring up the rear. Uh, I thank you for your service, Mayor Chris. And uh, I wanted, I'm surprised that there's nobody has raised the question of the critical factor that we're dealing with for the federal election in particular, about climate change. Could you address any things you know? I think reading about the mayor's green plan, have you been invited to join that? You mentioned 20 mayors, but could you just enlighten us on what, if anything, you have in mind to address climate change? Good. It's not, it's not a strategy we have well developed at this point, to be fair, and um, we would look for incentive programs that make sense. Um, we are looking at th three different sites for uh, solar panel locations in the city of Lethbridge, but uh, we haven't been funded for those. Uh, we are looking at uh, uh, green buses, uh, and, and I mean by that, uh, we, we got funded for green buses, and we'll have to see if that funding stays in place uh, with this uh, new provincial government. So uh, we are trying to improve our environmental footprint, but uh, certainly there's a, there are opportunities for us to do far more. So, yeah. okay. Join with me in thanking Chris for coming to Saka and telling us about what's happening in our city. Thank